Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex, and then in episode number 169, I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. It was a lame open. <laughs> I didn't claim so I had a good one. I'm so used to splashy opens. Uh, gotta keep you on your toes, Glenn. Yeah, it's like fan service or something like that. Uh, Landed at episode 169 for fan service. I don't know. Fans are I don't us. remember what I did last time Fantastic. For a fan that's the, the episode. The right? Wait, that's not what we did last time, was uh, it? Probably. Fantastic. How are you guys? Good. I'm fantastic. <laughs> Have you better? It was a better open. But... <laughs> hey, hey, you come up with it every week. <laughs> you know, yeah. you feel my pain. We've already been through this. I'm the editor. It's, it's kind of like feedback. I can music. do some editing. I'm the editor. What do you mean you're not going to do the feedback song anymore? Yeah, but they'd have to wait till you got up at like noon, and then you wouldn't get it done before you had to go to work. So. I'd probably get up early for that. How would you? Yeah, no. I didn't. It's yours. I'll ship it to you tonight. <laughs> uh, well, the week you were gone, I got up early, but it took longer to edit than I had planned. Yeah, see. <laughs> no, I ran, I ran into the time. Why you actually get some editing? What time do you have to be at work? <laughs> 12.30. He'd get up at noon. Yeah. And go, oh, no, I'll slap like this the, together the, before I leave for work while, while I have my toast. That's when I get up now. What are yeah, you talking about? That's when I do, so. <laughs> <laughs> you have the benefit of getting up early to take the kids to school. That's true. And then I usually Except for all last day. week. Yeah, it's all last week. How was your week off, Glenn? It was nice. Very good. Yeah, I had vacation. Oh. No, I'm not throwing things. Throwing things. And vacation. Um, Monday was the first day of my vacation. We didn't do much. Kids and I kind of had at the house, played Minecraft. Didn't do too much. It was the first day of day vacation. Got to wind down Tuesday. We did just some like, housework and stuff. Um, one day this week, Wednesday, we went to the Kansas Children's Discovery Center. Oh, yeah. I saw those pictures. For anybody that doesn't know what it is, it's, it's, it's one of these hands-on activity things for kids that have different various stations and basically they can play with things that are very engage their creativity and learning and uh, they both totally enjoy it although they go there and they've got this device in the back of the room that is uh basically like the 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 workings of a machine and it has all these beads in it and so it'll have like these auger system that'll raise the beads up and put them into one another area a pulley system you pull the beads up, and they go down onto a conveyor belt, and they roll down. And you, each kid goes to a little hand crank at each you know station location around this machine, and they just continually do that as these bead, oh. beads make this continual industrial loop. And it, it looks like the most monotonous thing in the world to me, <laughs> but they gravitate right to it. And then they're usually there for a, probably about a third to half of the time that they're in before they move on to other stations. But Wow. But uh, they got a little workshop where there's actual wood and nails, and I mean it's like real wood shop. You can make little things. Uh, Mason made a, or I'll make, oh, I made it. <laughs> Mason helped a lot. Uh, police car there, but it was all fun. Kids had fun with that. Oh, that's cool. Uh, Thursday, I took the kids to see Mr. Peabody and Sherman. How was that? It's oh. good. It's cute. We should do your reviews of the movies you we'll, watched. We'll the week do before. that. We'll okay. do that afterwards. We'll do that afterwards. How was Peabody and Sherman? Peabody and Sherman was a very, very cute film. 
Um, I think they finally did it right. I think I was talking after the show last week with you guys, or maybe it was in the week before that, how I was nervous about it because they did the Boris and Natasha, I think in the late 90s, and it had Dave Thomas and I don't even remember who the woman that played Natasha. And I was excited when that came out. In fact, I think it went straight to DVD or straight to video. And I was excited for Sally that. Sally Kellerman. Sally Kellerman. And I was excited for Took that because I was a, I'm was i a huge fan of the Rocky and Bullwinkles uh, cartoons. Absolutely loved it. And Peabody and Sherman was part of that. And Dudley Do-Right was part of that. And all those. And I absolutely loved those cartoons as a kid. And so I was excited for that one. And then it just didn't quite meet my expectations. And then... Uh, was it Dudley Do-Right that came out next, or was, was it, it, was it Rocky Dave, and Bullwinkle? Was it Dave Thomas, or was it uh, Jason Alexander? It was Dave Thomas, because Jason Alexander played Boris in Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yeah. Okay, that's which what I'm thinking Which I think that. did a better job, but still missed the mark for me. It had a lot of the nice nods to the old cartoons, but... It had just, uh, De Niro yeah, as, doing as the Are leader. You Talking to Me, which yeah. was... Um, yeah. So it, just, was it awesome. just sort of missed the mark. And then the, the Brendan Fraser Dudley Do little... Oh, or Dudley Do Right. Oh my gosh! And George of the Jungle. Horrible. Yeah, George of the Jungle was another favorite. Do Right was ninety nine. So Rocky and Bullwinkle was later than that. Um, Probably two thousand. Yeah. I think they're about uh, the same. Because I was still I blockbuster, say, I think, when that one came was, out. I wanted to say it was like two thousand three or something like that when Rocky and Bullwinkle came out. I could not get Rocky to pull up. Either way, uh, they all kind of missed the mark for me, so I was really leery about this one, but. This one really has the spirit of, of I think, the, the short cartoons. When was it? 2000. 2000. So you're right. Um, and Ty Burl, he does a really, really good. It's not spot on, but it's really good. He has the inflection down there for uh, Mr. Peabody. He doesn't sound like Ty Burl from the trailers. No, he really doesn't. He, he sounds a lot more like... And, and the little boy that plays Sherman was really good. And I, I wondered how they were going to be able to sequence this to make one big epic story. And they do a nice job weaving it together, and we get we get a little, you know, we get little bounces of them going through time and doing the different things, and and all of those wonderful puns that Mister Peabody always used at the end of the, each episode, they he they do that throughout this film, <laughs> and it's funny because he'll say it, and then Sherman will laugh, and he'll go, "I don't get it," which was pretty much what my kids' sentiment was too. They didn't get those, but I was <laughs> chuckling and laughing every time. They had a lot of, of humorous moments that were more geared towards. Adults, which clearly you've got to kind of do that in a film like this, especially when I'm also their target audience because I'm from that generation that watched yeah. it years ago. Um, my only complaint is about two or three quarters into it, 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 it goes this weird direction that I didn't expect. And sometimes I like that, but it just it was kind of weird the way that it went. But then it, it sort of resolves itself at the end and, and becomes a... Maybe not the ending that I wanted, but a better ending than I expected when it started to kind of derail itself. Hmm. Um, but overall, enjoyable movie. I highly huh. recommend it. Um, and then Thursday night was poker night, so I got to get away from the kids for a few hours. <laughs> and uh, uh, we went over to a friend's house. We actually used to play poker. And I find it funny because we used to do this years ago, and Sean used to be involved as well, but... Years ago, we used to play, and we'd play like into like three or four o'clock in the morning, you know, and the games would just go forever because we had a lot more people then. This time, it was at least three, four, because I think Will even occasionally came to the old days. Four of us, the same from the same group, and I mean, we we started granted at seven o'clock, which is a lot earlier than we ever started. 
And we were done by like 10. So it was like, I, I just felt like that old man syndrome of, oh, wow, these poker games are different now. But it was a lot of fun. Bob was there. Do you remember Bob? Kings. He always played I remember Kings. Bob, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Will was there, or, or James Heckard. Um, he brought a friend. So we had a new guy, and it was Dave and me and Corey. Shoot. And uh, but he brought a new guy named Nels and oh, uh, no. oh Nels. yeah he nice guy really that's, nice guy is that the one that got sick at, okay yeah, I wondered yeah. I didn't bring it up but I wondered if that <laughs> that's sick. the one um, really nice guy anyway, I, haven't, I haven't managed to kill him yet <laughs> the problem with Nels is he he won but the pro it's not a problem with him but he won that was the problem with the situation <laughs> the beginner's luck <laughs> well it's not even so much beginner's luck because he he played pretty good he. He's a little rough. He's obviously didn't play as much as the rest of us. The problem with a new guy at the table is, I know how Dave plays. I know how Bob plays. I know how Corey plays. I somewhat know how Will plays because I've played a few times with him. I know nothing about this guy. I know nothing about how this guy plays. And so it's real difficult to get reads. It's real difficult to get you know find a tell. It's all all these different things. It's, it just really kind of throws your game off. But he he ended up winning. Um, was we split? We did the uh, you know first and second place split, and then. He, he gave everybody back ten bucks. <laughs> We're like, he's, that, he's just a nice George. guy. You don't have to do it. Nice guy, though. Nicest guy. Anyway, so that was fun. I um, wish I could have been there. <laughs> Friday night, uh, Caitlin's play opened. How did and, that go? Oh, it was wonderful. Yeah, the, it wasn't a full capacity crowd, but we had they, they had a really good number of people there. Um, really enjoyable show. I didn't know too much about it because. Holly's been working with her with lines and been at home when she's been rehearsing songs and things like that and actually gone to rehearsals. So Holly knew a lot about the show. I knew very little about it. Um, but really, the, the the premise of it is two, there was these two jazz musicians that wrote this show. And oh. the idea was to prove that kids could do jazz, that they could get it. that they could Because jazz is a very difficult genre or yeah, musical uh, genre to, to kind of grasp because there's a lot of... There's a lot more inner, um, what am I looking for? Inner uh, passion. Or you just, you kind of get it or you don't. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, there's and different so, levels of jazz, too. I mean, if you're looking, listening to, you know, this level of jazz versus, you know, Coltrane. Right, right, right. You know. yeah, yeah. Certainly, yeah, yeah. Um, but all the kids did a great job. They were all very energetic, very animated, very uh, really good voices. And so, yeah, it was, it was really good. And she'll have she had three performances this weekend. So she was Friday, Saturday, then a Sunday matinee, <coughs> and then she's got three two more weekends following uh, of that. So, how um, did she like doing the performances? This, this oh, is she her, this is her first. It. This time. is her first show that she's ever done, thought. and she's just she's been having a blast. She. she she wanted that she one of those kids that she wanted the practices to go longer. She didn't. <laughs> she didn't want the practices to end and and uh, the shows. She's just like the first night. You could tell she was really nervous about it. And she because she'd already done. She did a they did a tech show tech show on Wednesday with an audience and they did dress rehearsal on Thursday with an audience. And uh, so yeah. that was already kind of nervous. But opening night was you know that's it's, kind of the big a one. More. Yeah. So she was quite nervous about that. And then uh, but that went well. And so she looked forward to being there the the next two days. Um, but yeah, I, I highly recommend the show because it's a lot of fun. It's short. It's only about fifty minutes. So, oh, that's yeah. not bad at all. And that was it. Saturday we didn't really do much because she had the show. Um, the kids and I uh, and Holly just kind of hung out. And, Ran some errands, did some things around the house. That was pretty much it. Let me get now, as you alluded to, I want to jump back because the week before I actually got a couple of movies in, and I'll do them real quick so that we don't have to dwell on it too much. But I finally saw John Carter, 
Yay! <laughs> Which the only thing that movie suffered from was its marketing campaign. Yeah, because it's it's an enjoyable film. It's, it's it really is. It's no Star Wars or anything like that, but it's really it, really fun. Film. Yeah, it, if marketed properly, it could have been a lower tier next Star Wars with more movies. I think. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it certainly it could have been a fifth element. It should have been a fifth. Yeah. Fr- well, oh, yeah. Uh, John Carter was mounds and above Fifth Element. No, uh, John Carter needed to be a franchise series. It really yeah. does. And I wish that it, it, it had marketed better because it, it's it's really a fun film and, and quite enjoyable. Great special effects, of course. They, that's where they massively spent their budget, you well, can tell. But, well, and they went over budget, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. Partially so, why it ended up being as much of a flop was they went so much over budget. No, the biggest thing, the reason why it's a flop is well, because it's, it's just called John Carter. It needed That's to be of Mars. That's the biggest thing. It needed to be of Mars. Because even if you're a science fiction fan, you're looking for something to go see, if you just... I'm saying casual science fiction fan, because I think most sci-fi fans knew what this was or what was coming, but... Yeah. If you're a casual science fiction fan and you just hear the name John Carter, you're going to blow that off and think, well, that's a, you know, that's probably some drama or something like that. You put Of Mars on there and some of these ears perk up and they go, oh, this is science fiction. I like science fiction. Maybe I should check this out. I watched a couple of trailers, too. The trailers weren't good for it either. Didn't sell what was good about it. Hollywood. Pay, pay attention. Here. It was, all, it was Nichols, released at the wrong time of year. Too. Nichols worth of free advice for all you multi-million dollar conglomerates. With very, very few exceptions, any name title just doesn't do it for me. Yeah. Aaron Brockovich. I have no idea who this person is. I don't care. He sent me a trailer. Uh, okay, maybe. Oh, it won some awards. All right, now I'll check it out. That's pretty much the level you have to get to for me to take an interest in your movie. Yeah. You know? Um, what was the one? Jack Reacher. Yeah. I don't know who this is. Nope. I don't care. The only reason you would care about that is if you've read the books. Yeah, I haven't. Well, same I don't, thing I don't with John Carter. Well, yeah. I mean, to me, John Carter was, before I started finding out what it was, John Carter was the character on ER that was played by Noel <laughs> Wiley. Yeah. When I first heard the words John Carter, I thought, hey, making a movie about this one guy from <laughs> ER? <laughs> you know, Lincoln. I mean, oh, wait. <laughs> that way you probably can't count that one. <laughs> Boba Fett. I'd go see that movie. But, uh, you know, other than that, there's, there's, like I said, the very few names, so you just put the it'd two together like, on a marquee and expect it to it'd, work. It'd be like taking Serenity and naming it Malcolm Reynolds. Yeah, it just wouldn't it work. Just, just it doesn't work. It does not work. And of Mars, and that makes some. Captain different. Phillips, don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who this guy. Is. Mary Poppins. Eh. <laughs> I think that's why they were doing, going with the John Carter name. I think um, that's probably why they didn't. That's the, why they named it Saving Mrs. Banks, so it wasn't as that. All of a sudden is interesting to me. Saving Mr. Banks. Ooh, 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 saving. Well, why are we saving? Why are we saving him? <laughs> yeah. Well, they weren't going to call it Mary Poppins, too. Make it Mary Poppins. Um, the other thing I saw uh, was the Lone Ranger. How was that? John Carter was phenomenal. Wait, let me get my I, let me get my kazoo. First of all, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but Johnny Depp's the best part of this movie. <laughs> I, was I wrong? And I thought that I was going to get Captain Jack Sparrow, and I didn't. Yeah, uh, which I was immensely pleased with. Um, it was worth watching the movie to see Johnny Depp. They ever added to Netflix? The problem with this film is is that they tried too hard to be Pirates of the Caribbean, As and by cool. that I mean is it's one thing to have a fantasy pirate movie, fantasy pirate oh, film, and it's yeah. another thing to do fantasy western because pirate films are few and far between, and in order to do pirate 
you really, you especially expect, nowadays, you, fantasy. you have to you really you have to inject that mysticism and fantasy and all of that into it to really kind of make it fun. Otherwise, Otherwise it's Captain Phillips. Or <laughs> I was going to go Cutthroat Island. <laughs> oh, okay. Or Cutthroat Island. Yeah. Um, the problem with doing Western as a fantasy is that Western is an established genre that already has a specific set of rules, essentially. And if you do, if you're going to inject some of the mysticism, it has to be that implied mysticism and not quite. It, it can't be carnivorous bunnies. I mean, it just it just can't be carnivorous bunnies. You can't do. Are there carnivorous <gasps> bunnies in this? Nature's out we of balance. We should totally do carnivorous bunnies in a western. <laughs> I don't want to give too much away, but but nature's out of balance is fine. Nature's out of balance because. Of carnivorous bunnies, it's or be, as a result, there's carnivorous bunnies. That doesn't work. You have to keep that mystery. Are you referencing there. something else? Yeah, no, oh. it's it's in the film. It's, it's in carnivorous, carnivorous bunnies? bunnies. There's a lot more to it, but I, I don't. <laughs> well, give, okay, that kind of makes that part money because we want to watch it. But then Jerry <laughs> Bruckheimer, <laughs> <Ryan, but, laughs> Lone Ranger, Johnny Depp, nothing. Carnivorous bunnies. Ooh. <laughs> You but, got the piranha aspect for me. <laughs> no, no, don't get too excited about carnivorous bunnies. Uh-oh. There's just one shot. But oh, well, that's a big that's a big disappointment. There's the the, the, the and then you got Jerry you got Jerry Bruckheimer's thumbprint all over this thing because it's it just it gets a little too fantastical with even the action adventure to me. So overall, I thought the plot was going to was pretty good. The story was pretty well developed, but it just that it it became too much splash and jazz that. Mm. It it really took me out of the story sometimes. So, and I and I'm it's not a, a I'm not a uh, I'm not a purist. I'm not a huge. I didn't. I watched Lone Ranger casually as a kid. I watched the cartoon casually as a kid. That's it. I didn't know that much about the Lone Ranger, other than the the Legend of Lone Ranger, which I think is a much better film that was done in the 1980s. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just it, 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 it's, see. I kind of had the reverse. I enjoyed the action and the spectacle. And thought the story kind of suffered because right. it was that story. I mean, and admittedly, it's a western, which I've used. To, it's an established right. genre, but it's kind of a trope because there's really only five western stories, right. and once they get to that midway part in the film, you're like, "Oh, we're telling that one. I know who's behind this." You know, so and, and yes, yeah, that's and, and that they, they treat obvious. it like it's a big yeah. reveal, and it's not. It's like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> And um, <laughs> I can tell that from the trailer. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 not a big surprise, and they kind of treated that. But um, I was surprised they actually used the William Tell Overture. I, I kind of kept waiting for it, and waiting for it, and waiting for it, and then they finally brought it. I'm like, are you really going to do it? You know, and they did, and it sounded fine. No, no. See, here's the thing: is it was it was fine for a while, but then it was way overused because I thought, you know what, that was that was a great nod. Yes, thank you for doing that. I appreciate that. You're really still doing this, and you've got these like harrowing <laughs> problems be, and yeah. really serious stuff. And I'm still hearing the. I mean, it just it, there was there was moments that it didn't work. Yeah, within the action. I, I, I agree. And with what that. I would have preferred was that the the heroic moments of the scenes being the William Tell Overture and then just kind of do a like maybe like transitioned into something else for a little while and then when the heroic moments come bring it back but it was almost like this whole string of a minute and a half of William Tell Overture <laughs> over things that the William Tell Overture shouldn't have been going over so so either the composer or the editor was being lazy well, it was composed by, uh, well, of course, it had to be. Uh, it's, it's, no. Oh, It was Hans Zimmer because he did all the pirate movies oh. and everything like that. 
And it sounds like all the pirate movies until you get to the William Tell Overture. Uh, I think it needed a, a little John Williams. It needed to sound like Raiders. Like, here's the Raiders march because Indy's doing something cool. And then we're going to pull it back. Right, right. That would have worked. And then that here's the Indy's march because he's yeah, doing something that, cool. And that would have worked back. for me. Yeah. But, yeah. That's what it needed. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway. But yeah, they went there. So Anyway, those are the two films that I fell behind on. Caught back up. So. <laughs> Yay for John Carter. Yay for John Carter. Yay for John Carter and a eh for Lone Ranger. I didn't hate it. I was, it, wasn't, it was an enjoyable ride. It just wasn't wasn't what I wanted it to be. But kudos to Johnny Depp. <laughs> I was like, wow. I enjoy Johnny Depp in those types of characters. I don't enjoy Johnny Depp as... Um, well, I could like work his hands, but I, I don't like him. I don't like him in Tim Burton stuff. I just don't like him in Tim Burton stuff. Modern Tim Burton stuff. Yeah, but I like him because he was fantastic. I, 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 I like him in Jerry Bruckheimer stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I think Tim Burton just there's a, there's a point where Tim Burton took a turn, and that's where Johnny Depp is not good in Tim Burton stuff. Mm. Edward Scissorhands, Ed Wood. Yeah, he was Ed Wood is probably one of yeah. Johnny Depp's best movies. I would agree. I would agree. See, I liked Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy, but that was was See, that, was that, that a was Johnny Depp? See, I didn't. I didn't like Johnny in that. It was a decent film, but I didn't like him. I liked. Uh, I didn't like the, the. I didn't like the story of that. I didn't like the way they went with the story. But. I liked um, Sweeney Todd. Uh, well, that wasn't your standard Tim Burton film yeah, either. He was he was working from material that wasn't really his own. So. Yeah, but there are other times when he's worked with material that wasn't really his own, and with Kyle. Um, Charlie and Chocolate Factory yeah. turned out. Better story wise. Now that's, he, now that's not as good. <laughs> no. Johnny. He didn't Burtonize uh, uh, Sweeney Todd as badly as he did Charlie and the Chocolate yes, Factory. Exactly. House <laughs> Wonderland. Eh. See, and I enjoyed Johnny Depp in that, so I guess I didn't, I did Wait, not that was like a Tim Burton. Yeah, yeah it, it was. Was it? Yeah. I did not like a single frame of that film. That's pretty, yeah, was pretty much Tim nothing. Burton? Yeah, it was Tim Burton. Burton. Oh, no. I take that back. I like the Cheshire Cat. Well, of course you did. It was Stephen Fry. Yeah. I liked the ending <laughs> when the credits rolled and they let me out uh, of the theater. That, that's the part I'm I glad I didn't go see that no, in the I, theater. I quite enjoyed that. Big Fish, but Johnny Depp's not in Johnny that. Johnny Depp's not in that. Batman. But he's it's when they got back together after Sleepy Hollow is when yeah. it kind of takes a turn. Yeah. Either way, he's good in uh, Lone Ranger. What'd you, What'd you guys do? <laughs> What'd you do? Uh, I worked Glenn Shift all week. Uh, it was Sarah's birthday this week, so I ran away from the station a couple nights and had dinner. Uh, took an hour break or so, and uh, other than that, worked on Lego Marvel a little bit. I took a trip with Sarah's mom and Sarah's nephew, or our nephew, uh, to Seneca to meet family and came back. So that was kind of a fun little trip. Uh, he's very into Lego Star Wars right now. <laughs> so... Yeah, uh, the what? The video game? No, the actual oh, Lego Star cool. Wars. Um, he and his dad are playing the complete saga. He must be a Doctor Who fan. Then. <laughs> he will be. <laughs> he will be. If I have any say into it. Uh, no, just according to Sean, if you're a Lego fan, you're a Doctor Who fan. It's just the way it is. We had him over. The Venn diagram <laughs> shows probability of overlap. It's ninety-eight point two percent. Good lord! No. See, I went with your Venn diagram. <laughs> Before, but now I don't. No, not even close. Uh, he came over tonight, and I introduced him to the micro series mm. for the Clone Wars. Oh, and there were parts of it where he was kind of blah 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 because he's five, 
and there were, there were parts of it where he was kind of transfixed. So I think I might, for a, a present, like later down the road, pick him up for him to have at his dad's. And then we watched Frozen. Yeah. yeah Did you hadn't seen it? I hadn't yeah, seen it yet. Yeah. And it deserves all the praise it's gotten. Yeah. I kind of went into it, to it thinking, yeah, I'll probably enjoy it. I know I knew Sarah would love it. And she turned to me afterwards and said, I love that. That's a must own. <laughs> and I said, well. You said, yeah, I know, isn't it? <laughs> I, I agree. Said, Let's I, go buy it now. I, ironically, I thought to myself when I went to go rent it, I should just buy it. <laughs> because I knew she'd love it. I didn't. But... I, I, I went into it expecting not to like Olaf, and I did. Yeah, he's a great character. I also just... I he's not overdone. He's not a, he's, he's not, not over, that, that's He's not Mater. Yeah, he's not Mater. He's not Genie, which Genie was fine. Genie, Genie worked. Um, but you got to have a personality he, I, like Robin Williams. Exactly. He's I not, like not Mushu from Mulan, because I thought he was a little overdone, although I, I thoroughly enjoyed the character. He's He was way overdone. Um, I yeah, can see he's, that. He's, he's, he's just... just the right amount. Just the right amount. I and, am the great stone dragon. Lovable. Good morning. And he's lovable. <laughs> and lovable, and lovable. I'm just amazed because I can't stand that actor. Oh, is that right? I so apparently, seen, I seen him is it, who, who is it? Josh Gad. He's the wannabe uh, Seth Rogen. <laughs> oh, he's one of the troop. See, I, was, I kept thinking he, it was Jonah Hill. He, he's, he's the wannabe Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. He's more, the wannabe he's, Seth Rogen. I, I would say he's the wannabe Jonah Hill. He's I, really yeah, I think that, that's more. He's been in like Love and Other Drugs, and he was in that short-lived 1600 Pen show. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, he, was thing, that, he was in so. Thanks for Smoking. I didn't like him in that either. Uh, just He's not somebody I liked, but apparently in the right role, everybody's good. <laughs> Kristen Bell did a lovable. phenomenal job. Oh, in this. I had no idea she had. I knew Adina Menzel had yeah. this, that had the singing chops. Both of those girls or, or as uh, <laughs> <laughs> as, as Travolta calls her, Hobbs on your bar. But Kristen Bell's singing was so good. I had no idea she could she could sing like that. And I've been a Kristen Bell fan for a really long time, so that was quite a surprise. Yeah, there, there wasn't a thing I didn't like about it. It's such a good film. It really is. And it's definitely a must-own. And other than that, uh, lunch with my dad, had kikus for dinner with my mom for Sarah's birthday. Always good to have that. Which, Ooh, for those that don't know... Why did you invite me to dinner? I don't get to get, eat at kikus because nobody in my household likes oh, it. Oh, well, really? Yep. Maybe for kikus your birthday, you. the, all of us can go to kikus. Yeah, sounds good to me. We don't go very often because it's so expensive. We should take Sean for his birthday since we missed that. Well, I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> we went to BD's after Plant Comet. I know. <laughs> Which, I'm sorry, Kiku's is way better. Than BD's? Why would yeah. concur? I'm going, BD's I'm going to allow it. Mongolian grill <laughs> stuff. The, the only thing BD's has that uh, over Kiku's is it's a buffet. Yeah. And unlimited. You just keep going yeah. back up. Yeah. I'm going to allow it. <laughs> Sean, what did you do? Um, oh, it was spring break. And so the first thing I did was go to school. Because <laughs> you didn't realize it was spring break? No, because I was helping uh, Dr. Sharafe paint the green screen. Because this is the only time he could catch up. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm still behind. Oh, no. But we painted the green screen room. Because uh, uh, we have a whole room in the art building for... for Why'd you give it to you me? You know, green screen. I don't know what it was. Uh, so we did that, and then uh, we uh, I worked a lot because it was uh, spring break and everybody else was off work, and so Matt needed extra people at the store, so uh, I only had one day off this week, 
That was Wednesday. And we shot part of a short film Wednesday for class um, because that was the day that we were all available. So uh, we did that. <laughs> um, and then I kicked everybody out, and Mel and I had date night because we haven't had a date in, like, forever. And we watched uh, we watched Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Ooh, hey. We got caught up on that. What did you think? She really liked it. Up until the end. <laughs> <laughs> was it until they get to under the surface or until the actual no, ending? No, until the actual ending. Okay. And, and, I mean, she she enjoyed, like, uh, you know, kind of the same, a lot of echoes of some of the same sentiments that I have. She loves the production design. The the sets, when they get down beneath the Planet of the Apes, are really just amazing. It yeah. looks like a subway with rock. and I mean, it's just it's the greatest Doctor Who set I've ever seen. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, she enjoyed that, and she enjoyed... Uh, you know the repeat appearances, and just once again, how often, how awesome Zira is as a character. Yeah, you know, when she gets him out of the cage and all that uh-huh. kind of stuff. Uh, loved all of that. Um, didn't even mind James Francisco, which I remember the first time I saw it as a, a youngling. That's I was, not Taylor. Yeah, I was a little pissed. It was like, who's this guy? Because this Taylor. is not. You know, I'm going to call you not Charlton Heston. That's your name. It should come <laughs> up in the credits and say, "Clicks with friends that night." It should just come up in the credits and say, "Starring not Charlton Heston." But um, so she she did she did farm a lot. She was a little confused as to why the mutants wore masks to make themselves look human when they were obviously not. Uh, and then the ending ending came, and she just kind of went, "Okay." <laughs> Is she now confused that have the next <laughs> where the why there are three more movies? Yes, a little bit. And I said, "Don't worry, all will be revealed." So. Um, but yeah, Kyle, I talked to Kyle this week too. How did he? he was how in. did he fare with it? He, I think he came out liking it. After all, like he, he liked the boldness of it. He just had never seen a film like that. And I told him, "You never will again." Well, they did. The one that I was alluding to, but couldn't say it last week on the podcast without fear of ruining it, was uh, Terminator Three. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, this is a big, epic summer. <laughs> That's you not know, the same blockbuster event, and it ends with. World War Three here, fade to black. But, but there are a lot of films that was that more building to that. Yeah, right. But I mean, the, the, the whole, first two. Considering the whole point of the Terminator franchise is we've got to avoid this, we've got to prevent this, we've got to stop it. To get to the third one and just go, here you are, fade to black, roll credits. It's That's like, what I liked about the third one. I did too. I walked out of the theater going, wow, that took some cojones to pull that one off because I could I could see the studio execs being very. You can't do that. Where's the happy ending? You know. Well, I think they were hoping that a fourth one would come, and then it just yeah. didn't happen. So, but it did L- later, kind of. For later, a different, kind of. For a different studio. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, it wasn't. It was still Warner Brothers. I think Three and Salvation are still Warner. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but yeah, I just I, I I admire them for for doing that. But there's a lot of it that doesn't fit for me personally. I've kind of glazed over it, and yeah, okay, that's it is what it is. But really, the first half of the film, I think, is, is fine. It's really great. And then the mid part of the film where they're underneath, oh, that's, that's all fine. That's great. And really, it's just that last scene. We've got the, the gorillas attacking, and they knock the thing See, over, I just and it sprays with the smoke everywhere, and then spoilers. all of a sudden, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just have right, a hard time wrapping my brain around the Yeah, but I just, anybody that's listening that still hasn't, it's such an iconic ending that I... I'd hate to ruin it for anybody listening. <laughs> because okay. unlike the first Planet of the Apes, this Granted, one is more of a surprise. It's a forty-some-year-old film. So. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to throw the official spoiler warning up here. You don't want to know. Fast forward five seconds, five minutes. Um, okay, so explain this to me. 
We had a nuclear war. Mm-hmm. Wiped out the whole planet. Mm-hmm. Apes took over. Mm-hmm. We've got one bomb mm-hmm. that... The Alpha and the Omega. The, the, the final. The Alpha and Omega, the final one, which I guarantee you no military guy painted the Alpha and Omega symbols on this thing thinking, oh, that's funny. <laughs> that was done by the mutants. Mm-hmm. Why is this now the one bomb? Why is this the planet killer? Why is this the one that's going to end it all? And what's it doing in New York? Or what formerly was New York? And why didn't it get used in the last war if it's really that big a deal? Because, because I'm sorry. Because this having, is the bomb that would crack the earth in two. Yeah, right? but if, if we're having a nuclear war and I'm losing or in danger of losing, I'm throwing that at them. I always got the impression that the war elevated to the point where they never got a chance to use this bomb. Yeah, I could see that too. Okay. I that was that the way I always got. And so this is the one that's kind of unearthed by the mutants later and raised up to be now, worshipped. My, 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 as, ne- my next question then is okay, so if, if, if it wasn't something that was created by man back in the day, did the mutants monkey around with it, intending it for no, it to be a no, world ender? No, because that's I, why they, they were I don't think they found the mutants, it as was. And I don't think the mutants actually knew what they had. Because well, I they think had to some extent they did. Well, I think they knew. I don't think they knew. The firepower behind it, but they knew what it was. I, they, they didn't know it was the actual world ending. Who builds a world ending bomb? Who builds any bombs? See, I, I, I disagree, well, I build, Keith. I, 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 I disagree. I got the impression that we were that these this group of people were so whacked out and so far removed that I just I don't think they knew you don't think they exactly <laughs> what it was. I think they they looked at it as as a powerful object. They raised it up to be their god, what they were worshiping. I don't think anybody knew that I push a button and it blows everything up. I just never got that impression from it. I got the impression that they were... Maybe they didn't realize what some of the chanting meant then. It was like some of the well, chanting, I want, I want to say there was kind of what's going to happen. Yeah, they blow it up. I, mean, I mean... Well, that I would buy, like that one episode of Star Trek where they, they are they, chanting the uh, uh, Constitution. But they don't get the words. They're just broken up the syllables and they're yeah. reading it off the thing, yeah. not having any which, concept which of what it actually is. I think they knew that this. I, I, I still don't think they saw it as a bomb. I think they saw it as a a powerful salvation or a powerful ending, something that was very powerful that could destroy everything. But that, I don't, that for sure. Yeah, but I don't get the impression that they, that they connected the fact that Earth was wiped out. They were the last remaining survivors that had eventually mutated. And I got the impression there was enough of a, a brief well, gap been that this how is... how many years yeah, exactly. since that, yeah. So, I mean, that, they, they were just many, so many, far many, removed many. and that they... I love the idea that, that, that humans as advanced and... and, and, and uh, um, evolved that they had become, become at this point still fell back into this arcane uh, superstition or religion aspect of still having to have something to worship. worship yeah. That was just, that's what blows me away about the whole thing. And then, yeah, then, then concluding the movie in the way that it does. Okay, so if it's a bomb, if we go with that, and it's a bomb that was created by man back in the day, it's, it's, it's a bomb built on... 60s or 70s-ish technology. Sure. Well, well, well I think I'll, it was a bit further in the future than that. I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. Why does the control panel have the Superman crystal very futuristic aspects to it? Well, they, they had to... That doesn't jive with they, that. He didn't leave in the 1960s, though. No, he, they left further in the future. Yeah, like in 2050-something or something like that is what they say. Or oh, 2030. Something 2050. like that. 
2070. Let me see if I can find 2070 out. is when they left. Okay, so it's not present when the no, 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 no. All right, so I'll, was, I'll, even though it doesn't resemble anything else that we've seen so far, it doesn't look like the console, cockpit, spaceship controls. It doesn't look like you well, know. I, I kind of technology has a, a look because they they also use that for other things, like raising it up, like. It was more than just the controls. So, they, they the, so that's, that's they a mutant made it, control that's a mutant versus they control. They could have made it an ornate panel. Because, yeah, I think they built it on top, the, the crystals on top of it to control, like, because r- there were moments where they, they lifted the uh, rocket up higher so they could worship it more or something. <laughs> There's some... Yeah. Do you think the mutants were, were, were whacked out enough that they would have ever actually attempted to launch it? No. Because that would also mean losing their god. Yeah, but in 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 was, in, 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 in the that, gloriousness of becoming one with him and well, fulfilling his I think purpose, they would have done and, it by then. you don't think yeah. so? I don't. I, I don't know how whacked out they really. That's were. That's just it. I mean, it was it was. It's this sharp balance of praising something that ha- can bring total destruction, but also realizing that once it's gone, it's gone, and, and, and you know, I just yeah. And then the mask business is just because. We're, 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 the mutants are so emulating humans that we're going to put on this form because. See ya. See, there's a lot of there's a lot there's a lot of deep ideas because here. they're already doing these these things in the forbidden zone to keep people out already. So why would they need bother? I I, I got the impression that I sort of was they, they it, did it was they only did that to show themselves their true selves to they, uh, that <laughs> they didn't want to look at each other like that. I wouldn't want to look at him either. So they only showed their true faces to the bomb. Yeah, to I their god. That impression. That's okay. the impression I've I've always gotten yeah. that we're so ugly we don't want to see ourselves, but we'll show it to our god. Okay, I'll buy that. I don't. I, I, that's one thing. I I I can swallow the evolution and mutation of these people to have these more psychic abilities. I didn't like the mask thing either, though. I can excuse it in my head, but I'm not a big fan of it. See, that's one of the things I like is the fact that the Forbidden Zone is not just an area with random fires and lightning storms and stuff, that it's all the mutants projecting these, you know. I like that explanation. I, yeah, I, I, I dig that. So I just don't like the the face peel reveal. Oh, I, I think it, it would have been fine that's if they a, stayed. That's, a, that's for cinematic. Yeah, it yeah. was for cinematic no, reasons. But I think it would have just been better if they would have just stayed human, looking human. Anyway, so we watched that, and uh, and she enjoyed it. And then uh, we watched Boogie Nights, because she'd never seen that one. And I just kind of had an inkling after uh, you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman passed. I was like, yeah, we should watch that one. I liked it. It's one of those movies I don't think I could watch again. Yeah, well, I hadn't seen it. Seen I it. hadn't seen it since it originally came out. Yeah. And so it was kind of one of those, kind of go back and revisit. <laughs> it was funny. She was like, so what's this movie about? Porn? <laughs> <laughs> no, it isn't. Okay. <laughs> Oh my God! It is. I told you. <laughs> Did she automatically say, "Why haven't you showed me this sooner?" <laughs> no, she didn't. <laughs> and then uh, she made me watch Magic Mike. <laughs> How was that? Yeah. It, honestly, it kind of reminds me of um, Showgirls, where Showgirls came out and had such a huge stigma, and oh, Showgirls, blah blah blah. And I watched it and I was like, "It's not even worth it for the the, the sex, really." Um, well, and horrible acting. Only and, stigmas because it was rated NC-17. It had nothing to do with the story of the plot. Yeah. It was, it was, well, uh, but the story and the plot were bad, too. No, well, the, the, the <laughs> point was, is, though, the reason they, there was a big stink and everything was built up around it is because it got that NC-17 rating. And I can honestly say the same thing, kind of, I think, in my mind, applies to Magic Mike, where the, the oh, it was built up as this, and 
there's really not even all that much of that, you know. And it's a it's an okay plot, but it's yet another in a long line of things where it's like I don't really care about this character, and you kind of started to develop this one, but not so much. And then this guy shows up, he's kind of a jerk, and, you know. <laughs> so by the end of it, it was like man. And then we watched the International tonight, which was just it's an oldie, uh, Clive Owen movie from I don't know five years ago. I'm still pulling things off the shelf and going. I haven't got to this one yet, you know. And I won't be keeping it. <laughs> it was it was okay. So we did a lot of that, and then of course. Um, Do you guys ever see Wonderland? Uh, is that the Val Kilmer one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't watched that yet. I just you mentioned uh, it's about porn, so it's that. So. Yeah, and that one's really good. I've heard that. I just haven't seen it yet. And the documentary on it is really fascinating too. You love that too, I think. I think so. Or recommended it to me anyway, and um, it was fine. Yeah, I, didn't, like I didn't think it was that great. I mean, when it wasn't anything phenomenal, but it was it was good. It was fine. Um, um, what else we do? I walked a lot this weekend, and then we had Katrina, which is always always fun. Um, there was something important that I wanted to mention from the, oh Friday. Um, so I thought of something else too. Mel's son Cody, um, they rewrote a law or something where uh, he's actually eligible to go into the National Guard now, whereas before they recruited him and kind of strung him along for a long time, and then didn't wind up happening. And his recruiter called him up and said, it's, "They've switched this. You can get in now if you want." So he went down, and uh, Mel couldn't go because it would have required time off work. And um, so he asked if I would come, which is kind of a big step for Cody. And um, so I said, oh, yeah, absolutely. So I drove down to Kansas City on Friday morning and um, took uh, Billy and then uh, Sam and Katrina down with me, and we watched him do the swearing-in ceremony. And, you know, just a qu- it wasn't even much of a ceremony. It was just a, yeah, do you promise to do this? Yeah, I do. And that was it. But it was a big deal for him, so I was glad that we were there for that. And then drove back. And I just happened, I got home and had a couple hours before I had to be at work. I just happened to throw my bag down and grab my iPad and hopped on Facebook just to kind of check and see <laughs> what's going on. And realized, oh, galley tickets are on sale. And crap, forgot all about that. I should probably, I should probably jump on that. So I immediately, you know, logged into the site and uh, uh, got them ordered and um, <laughs> took two different cards because I was waiting for one to process and it declined. I was like, oh, God, so I had to go grab something else. <laughs> and it came up and gave me the little, the little warning message that will hold these two for you for the next X number of minutes. Mm-hmm. So I, while that's doing it, I logged into my computer and it said they were sold out. I was like, are you kidding me? So then I had to, you know, finagle something and got the other card out and. It's really unfortunate that we have Galley and then Planet Con and then registration for Galley. Just, it's, oh, the wallet is hurting. But uh, got it taken care of and, and got our tickets. And then um, literally 75 minutes later, you know, that was within 75 minutes, that was it. Yeah. Well, that's our first bit of news is that. Look at that Galley one set you up with. Right. Galley one sold out. Sold out. All 3,200 of them. Yeah. I didn't realize it until I. Uh, Got on Facebook or something this week, and and because I had intended to buy my uh, tickets and was going to do it, and I even knew, but I didn't put it. I usually put reminders for those kind of things on my phone, but I thought, you know, I'll have all day to do it. <laughs> and then I thought, well, you know, if it's getting close, Sean certainly will text me and remind me because he wants us to go next year. Yeah. <laughs> and then I read Sean, online. Sean forgot. Then I read online that it sold out in seventy-five minutes, and I thought, well, I probably wouldn't have even had a chance. So, 
I felt bad that I didn't let you guys know, but I was. I think I'm done. Sc- I was. I was scrambling. I, I might try to do the transfers in October, but that I'm not going to go into this too much because I don't want to badmouth the con. But that's that's kind of the nail for me in the coffin because I like the idea. I've always liked the idea of the intimate con. I've always liked the idea of the of the cap, so that you know. The problem is now it's becoming a members only club, and I, I agree and I disagree. I, I mean, I, I, I kind of come down on the same, and maybe I'd feel completely differently if I hadn't gotten in. But uh, I, I kind of come down on it the same as I did last year because I, I, I had the same concerns that it's a member only club. But all of the, not all of it, but a large number of the angry tweets. Um, that flew galleys well, away. That's, that's well, another see, reason. I think that's unnecessary. That's another reason too. why I don't, I don't want to go into because I don't want to. I don't want to add on to yeah. that. But I had a lot of the same sentiment of the anger. I think it got a little out of hand. I, I definitely got out of hand. But you know, a lot of them were people that had been seven, eight, nine years running, and they didn't get tickets. Yeah. And it's like, well, that that to me, it's not a members only club because it's not the same group of thirty two hundred people that are going every every, but, you know, every you, year. But now, okay, maybe members it, only it, club is. But it's, it's it's getting close to the point where it it's an exclusivity club. It is exclusivity. Yeah. That's what I think. That maybe members only isn't what bothers me. It's that, and I, again, I, it's, I it's their con. It. They can do whatever they want with it, but it now is not a con that I. I had well, it last two years ago. Would have gone this year. I can't do. I can't do that thing where you have to get in in this little tiny window of time to get into this little exclusive club. Now I just that's. Yeah. I, I don't like that. It's not. I, I'll probably now try to shoot for um, Chicago Tardis or Elihu or someplace else now, so that they, they'll get my money. They'll get because they get just almost equally as good of guests, and and I can see a lot of those people there, and and. and and they they aren't locking it down yet as far as how big they are. So and you still I understand. That. I, I, I love the intimate con idea. I love the fact that there's not forty thousand people a day like there was at Planet Comic Con. But on the flip side of that, I just I you know that's it, 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 this has soured me on Gallifrey and I'm turned off. I've just it. written it off if I'm not going to get in. That's <laughs> just I'm not even going to try because they're right. they're. Right. It, I want you guys I, to try. It's just a matter of. I might look uh, into it in October, but yeah. Just, right, at the very least, you might, I'll I'm, want you to look into it in October and see I'm, if you can get a I'm transfer. I'm very sour. And for anybody who did, I, I understand Michelle got a ticket. Um, the thing is, if I get the if I get Chicago Tardis tickets, I definitely won't be going to Gallifrey next year, and it's probably more likely that I'll get Chicago Tardis tickets because number one, I can fly straight out of here, and number two, right. there's no cap on it right now. So yeah, that'll probably be what happens. Yeah, I understand Michelle got tickets, and I, I don't know if any of us, any of us, it didn't, sound, like it. It didn't well, sound like it. From Chrissy the, said she her bank account told her no. Yeah, <laughs> so did mine. I just kept trying, uh, and I think Brittany was going to try, and then she didn't get in on time, so she's going to keep an eye out in October. But you know, I'd still like to have you guys there, and like I said, it's it's I, it's I, I I agree with with the majority of what you're saying because you know if I hadn't just if, you know if I hadn't happened to have looked. I'd have been out. Yeah. I wouldn't have been able to get in. Um, it just happened to work out that way that I did. And Mel and I kind of already put that, you know, we're going to do one more year. We're going to do this year. And then that'll probably be it for trying to go out there for a while. I think we'll let it kind of lie down and go to Chicago Tartars or Eli Hoover, one of the other ones. Um, 
I think I just don't want to put that much work in trying to get to a con. Well, that's just it. That's that's kind of the thing. I mean, if I can just go on, I can do things at my leisure. I don't want to be under a time constraint of I got to get tickets at a certain time, or else I'm not going to get in. Yeah, and it, it, it's it's that's, it's it's. I think that's my that's my feel about it. it, it, it not so it much that it's ways. exclusive. Yeah, it's well, I mean, it works both ways. The fact that it is 3200 and it is a small, intimate experience versus you know, like St. Louis or or, yeah. or, or Planet Comic Con or one of those where you're basically cattle in a line. And that was something you know, like with Shatner. I mean, you know, he was fun, he was friendly and he was pleasant in the amount of time that he had to be friendly and pleasant mm-hmm. from the standpoint that he's got 600 more people behind me. Experience. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he wasn't going to sit there and schmooze because he was on a time schedule. And I understand that from the con experience as a fan. That's eh, a little disappointing, but yeah. you know, galley, you don't have that, but then you have to deal with all the front end BS, you know, yeah. of, of dealing with it. So it's, it's, it's a catch point too. It goes both ways, but so yeah, it's sold out. If you didn't get in, maybe in October when transfers open up, and this is the sad, the insane thing, is that there's no there's, there's nobody announced. Yeah. There's not a single guest yeah. announced yeah. for this con, and yet. there won't be. Yeah, until, not until sometime this summer. So they, I think. They, yeah. they put on a great con, and that's why people are vying to get back there or get in there because of word of mouth, and they they do a good job. I just think they could do a great job with six six thousand people instead of thirty two hundred people. I just think I think you can still have an intimate con. Under ten thousand people, I would I, agree. I still think you can do. I, I would agree. It can be done. It can't con. be done at that at that hotel. No, they need the it can't, it can't be done with the, the structure they have. And, and you know, Sean, Sean and his group have said repeatedly they have no interest in finding another venue. And again, if I'd been doing this for twenty five years and this is what I was comfortable with and this is what I had set up, mm-hmm. you've got the support structure. You've got right. this. You've got this. I understand not wanting to go out and do the legwork. That's right. a lot of work to put on a con. Right. Let alone one with thirty two hundred people at it. Let alone one with ten thousand people yeah. at it. But uh, and that's why I say it's it's their con. They can do yeah. whatever they yeah. want with it. But that's 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 the one thing that, that probably won't have me going back. So probably won't go to L.A. Who either? That's a long way away. <laughs> but Chicago Tardis, uh, L.A. Who? I love the God East bless Coast. Them. I think though, they do so it. That's why I'm more deal. leaning towards the well, L.A. You, who. Well, you say you've got family yeah, that's nearby, so that's a, well. See, and I've never been to Chicago. So I've never been I'm, to Chicago I'm, either. I I'm, want to go. I'm curious to go Chicago. To Chicago. Is so I've been. Cool. To, I've been to <laughs> New York and Long Island and all that stuff. So. But going to Chicago, you got to make two trips because. You go once for the con and see a little bit of the city, and then you got to go back for do everything else. Well, that's true. <laughs> that's why we're planning a second trip to St. Louis. Uh, because I, Sarah's never been to St. Louis before. Wow. Yeah. Um, How are you a Midwesterner? I've never been to St. Louis. I've before. been, but that's I was really small. And apparently, all of the museums are free to get into, as is the zoo. Yeah. So that, that makes us want to go back. Oh, yeah. Because we're not going to have time with... St. Louis Comic Con and the guests they've got. Yeah, well, it's interesting. We've been to St. Louis several times as a couple, Mel and I have, and have yet to do any of the attractions in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, speaking of St. Louis, Matt Smith is coming. <laughs> uh, I don't think you'll be able to put a chair on stage for him, but that's so exciting. That yeah. <laughs> I still haven't come down for that stage. I really nice. haven't. Um, I get to meet my doctor. That's neat. I'd like to meet him, and I, I still wouldn't get him to sign anything. But that's, I'm really tempted by a photo op. How much I'm does? really tempted. Um, let me pull it up. Expensive. Yeah. Uh, I can well, the do autograph's it. $99. I can do cents. it. Uh, they tend to be $15 more than an autograph, it seems. Oh, gosh. 
Uh, Does that get you both? Just out of curiosity, uh, is it for 195, I can get Karen and Matt together in a photo. Though that two hours that they're doing the it's photos, the only time they're, the only time they're t- together at the con because he leaves and then she's on Sunday only. Yeah, she's coming in. It's the time that he's leaving. Yeah. So. Uh, Matt himself is the same price as an autograph, so ninety nine ninety nine. 65 for Karen. So that's only five bucks more for the picture. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> and I in my credit card and thinking, hmm, I just piece that he's off. An, he's an incredible, I've got, he's an incredible man. He's an incredible actor. He's a wonderful doctor. And I still am not going to pay $100 for your signature. Who would you pay $100 for? Uh, Harrison Ford, maybe. That's it. Tom Baker. Um, I'm not sure I'd pay that much for Tom. Really? Considering my doctor's collection is growing, you know, <laughs> the, the last living doctor that I could get, I might pay $100 for it, but I don't know that I'd pay 100 for Tom. I don't know when the next time Matt would come around here. Either. I don't think I'd pay more than 50 for anybody, to be honest with you, hmm. even Harrison Ford. Just, I mean, 50 is my cat. I mean, it's hard for me to pay 50 for anybody, but I, it, it's, 50 is my cat. I, I don't... I, I, above, uh, really above 40 is, There are two people I will I'm just pay not, I'm not going to pay for your signature yeah. That much for and these two I, will, people I will stand in their line for. I'll stand in their line for two hours and go up there and talk to them And meet them, that's fantastic I'm not going to pay for your s- Signature on a photograph That much money, that's, I'm sorry I'm gonna, I stand fast on the fact that that's Absolutely ridiculous and it's I mean, it's enough for me to pay 40 for somebody So I agree in sentiment I know. Mean, I, 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 not in practice. Well, I mean, I, I, I've, I balked at paying fifty for uh, Edward James almost last year. Oh, and, and we didn't. Yeah, not that, didn't, didn't do it. I justified Shatner's seventy-five, technically eighty, because I bought a picture. Ellis, that was two years ago. Wasn't it? Was it two years ago? I think so. It yeah, I think it was. Uh, same year. Billy, Billy yeah, same Billy Dean. Before they moved to Bartle. Um, You know, I justified Shatner's seventy-five because. It's Shatner. It's Shatner. Well, if, if I, I mean, had that, that man is kind of a cornerstone of my fandom. Yeah. If I had and hunted he turned it, 83 If I had hunted so. it as long as you had, too, that would have been... That would and have having happened. seen him several times, right. or at least one time before, not having his autograph. Yeah. Because yeah. they, weren't, they, they weren't doing them at that point. So. Yeah. You know, I justified that, you know. Now, would I love to go to St. Louis and get Matt Smith? Yes. 100? Mm. Yeah, I, I won't do that. But yeah, no, I, I'm excited that he's there, and I'm excited that fans will be able to see. I think Matt and Nathan are the only and two I, I would ex- ever pay that I'm much for. I'm excited that he'll pull probably about ten thousand dollars in that weekend just for not a Because all the other people, aside from Karen, who's twenty bucks more than what you want, which I can swallow that. Yeah, I wouldn't for get Karen either. So see, I didn't. I didn't get Billy's because of the cost. Yeah, well, Billy Piper. Oh, I, I like Karen much more than I like Billy Piper. <laughs> How much was Billy? She was, uh, she 50? Oh, I don't what I said. Martha was 40, right? I think that's right. I think Martha was 35. Was it 35? No, I think she was 35. Rory was 35. Or Arthur was 35. Billy was, I want to say she was 55. Hmm. It was a significant jump from from one to the other. And it was, it was just enough of a jump that I was like, mm, yeah. But mm-hmm. since... Karen's my companion. I ca- I'm kind of wishing now we had gotten a Rory <laughs> and Arthur from uh, Galley. 
I still think I'll have another chance at that. Though. I'm sure you will. Yeah, I think so too. That's the other thing too is with the new series companions, I and Doctors for that matter. I think there's a much, with the possible exception of Eccleston, <laughs> I think there's a much greater chance of well, seeing them at a con. Well. Karen's having quite the rise in success, more so than Matt's. Well, that's which just, makes me kind of want to make sure I get it now that's when a, that, I have the I, you know, that's, that's a valid point. I She's got Guardians of the Galaxy. She's shooting a pilot right now with John Cho. I mean, she is up and coming. So I would be surprised if it's not another forty years until she starts. She could be the next mm-hmm. Meryl Streep, and I'm not going to pay hundred dollars. <laughs> I'm not going to pay sixty five dollars for her. <laughs> Well, it just means we need to buckle down and get the script finished and get the movie made so that we can get out there and hobnob with all these people. <laughs> I'll cast her in something, well, and you, you can go. say, hey, I love you in Doctor Who. Yeah, when I get out there and get to know him, I won't need their signatures. So. No, I'd still I'll be your autographs. Have them speed dial. <laughs> That's right. I have them speed dial. I will. I'll speed dial them and say, you know what? I just realized as long as I've known you, I still don't have you hanging on my wall. <laughs> Why don't you come over? We'll throw some pigs on the barbecue, and you know, we'll, we'll rectify that. i got a photo all set for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's another little con that I wanted to give just a quick mention to. Yeah. Uh, Smallville Comic Con in Hutchison. It's uh, the very first year. It's their very first year. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know, Hutchison, Kansas, there's a guy in Hutchison, I don't remember his name now, but uh, he pushed for the city to change their name to Smallville, Kansas, because he said it, it's the perfect example of what Smallville would be in the comic books. It's the right size, it's the right, if they've got the cosmosphere, they've got a lot of attention for a small town. Um, that it would be really cool to have Smallville as, as as its name. They should officially change the name. And, of course, the city council denied the request to ultimately uh, name it Smallville, but the mayor did do a proclamation last year uh, deeming it Smallville for a day. So they got that through. It was like through. around the same time Man of Steel came out, wasn't it? Sure it sure was, yeah. In fact, that was one of the things that I think got it. It got national attention because of the, the fact that mm. Man of Steel was coming out and um, so what they have done this year is the mayor is going to proclaim uh, Hutchison, Kansas, Smallville, Kansas again on the 21st. And uh, that will be in conjunction with the Smallville Comic Con. And they have a few small guests. Um, yes. Not, not huge media names, but... Um, um, let, me, let me go through the list real quick. Yeah, I have ahead. it right here. Aaron Smonsky, who played little Kal-El. And yeah. the original Superman, well, Young Clark. He young was Clark. The, he was the the kid that crawls out of the oh. uh, ship and the one that holds the truck up. And now he wasn't the baby; <laughs> he was the, the the first naked kid I ever yeah, saw in a movie. First naked yeah, kid pretty much. Yeah, yeah, okay. That was him. <laughs> uh, Michael Coleman. <laughs> Did you think you want that photo? To <laughs> uh, who's been in Once Upon a Time, Supernatural, and Smallville, mm-hmm. and other stuff. Um, Az Power Girl, uh, cosplayer, sure, cosplayer, yeah. Alfred. Trujillo, an artist, and Elenia Huffman. Elenia Huffman, I think, is the biggest name because she's yeah. been in Stargate Universe. She was uh, Lieutenant Tamara, and uh, Lieutenant Tamara Johansson, and Smallville's Black she was Canary. Con last year. Was she? Uh, two years ago. Two years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I recognize last year the name. Two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She yeah. was Black Canary in Smallville. Um, she's been in uh, Supernatural or something. Yeah, NCIS. Well, I think she's on Supernatural now. Oh, yeah. So you have stuff. She's uh, abandoned the queen of hell on CW's Supernatural. Hmm. Um, But it looks like a small, intimate, you know, comic convention. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll, suppose we'll let Tom Welling. Maybe say Tom Welling. (laughs) Brandon Ruth. You went to Omaha last year. Why not? Yeah, I mean, why not? I would would be surprised. I would 
be surprised if they I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they they're obviously do. focusing yeah. on Dean Superman, Kane for Superman guests. Sure well, Dean I think Kane Dean's might be doing Wizard. He is doing. He's, he's, he's doing so he might be now, under but, yeah. contract. Well, I guess that's true. Yeah. The Wizard people tend to yeah. stick with Wizard guns. Just up the road is uh, from Hutchison or Smallville, Kansas, is Wichita, where uh, they had a, a monumental moment to, uh, they this did. week. did. Another one. Yeah. Because we reported last oh, week how they had the telethon and yeah. three doctors. They started their run and showed robots. Oh, on, uh, on KTPS. 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 We're on it this week. <laughs> I'm racking well, my brains. We're brain. not on KTPS this week, but we're I'm, on. I'm racking my brains trying to think of where are you going with this story? What's happening in Wichita? What did I miss out on? KTPS, KTPS aired okay. robots. Yes. And it sounds like there was a good response from what I saw on Facebook. Oh, good. Well, good job to those guys in the Whovians of Wichita and all those, Sean and everybody that got that going. That's true. Yeah, I keep going on it. Uh, I think next week is the next story. I'm blanking on the title. Ark in Space. Which Arc we have to be Ark. So every week for the next several weeks. That whole season. Ark in Space and then... Suntarn Experiment. Suntarn Experiment. Oh, yeah. And then Genesis. <laughs> it's like, I did that. Oh, wait, yeah. Suntarn Experiment. And then Genesis as well. So. And then Revenge of the Cybermen. Yee! Yeah. <laughs> Meh. No. <laughs> you know what's right. funny? <laughs> I handed my mom the, the specials box set because she's ready for that. And her some of her thoughts of the season four two-parter was, man, I really hate those Daleks. <laughs> <laughs> and so I handed it to her and I said... No Daleks in this one. And she said, yay! Got Cybermen next. Oh, man! <laughs> <laughs> she just doesn't like the robotic aliens for yeah. some reason. Well, you get a lot of dosage of those in the first, especially when you're mainlining. <laughs> yeah, what, 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 what uh, was the actual uh, uh, terms? Oh. She, I, I love she this. calls Daleks petulant children. Petulant children. <laughs> it's actually pretty good. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> and our last bit of news for this week. Speaking of Daleks. Were we? <laughs> kind of. Uh, or, or does this correlate? It kind of correlates because he's the one that brought it back to our screen. The Ninth Doctor is going to be a part of Doctor Who Legacy soon. Uh, They're looking for people's help. Uh, to aid him in battling his greatest foes, he'll be given two abilities, but they need two Ninth Doctor-inspired names for them. So go on their Facebook page and comment or like a f- or your favorite one that's been commented already, and the best two will be used in the game. So you get to choose his, the name of his abilities. Yeah. What do you think? Oh, I don't know. One's got to be fantastic. Okay. Ooh, depending on what they but that's got to be the if name. <laughs> somebody here has a great suggestion, if it's a healing ability, everybody lives. Everybody lives is a good one too. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. I like that. Just this once. Everybody lives. Well, should we move on to feedback? Before we start feedback, I remembered a story that I wanted to relay. Okay. Uh, Sarah was helping a customer in, in the store uh, the other day who was a Whovian. And she was telling them, yeah, my husband and his two friends hosted the Sylvester panel at Planet Comic Con. And they said, oh, are they the Vortex Boys? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sorry, listener. She did not get your name. So I wanted to give Aww. a shout out to you and your daughter who both listened to us. Oh, wow. Uh, and thank you for listening. Oh, and write cool. into us. Let us know who you are. Yeah, absolutely. And more importantly, the expression on Sarah's face when her <laughs> jaw hit the floor because <laughs> <laughs> there what, are strangers are that listen to you. <laughs> 
It's You've a, got it, more than seven listeners. I'm still like, I'm still amazed eight, by now, it. So, yeah. are. <laughs> well, it suddenly became real to her that that's you know. well. We got that great response during the panel, mm-hmm. and she was surprised by that. And because, I was surprised by yeah, that. I'm I still mean, surprised by that. It's Brittany, Chrissy, Rachel. Uh, Brenda, all of you, we love you and we love hearing from you, but it's still amazing to hear that there are other people out there that mm-hmm. listen to us yeah. that we don't hear from every time. Yeah, certainly true. But I wanted to say hey to them. Oh. Well, speaking of our listeners, now we'll move on to feedback. feedback. <laughs> Holly wrote in, fan show, to, uh, fan show part two. Hello, everyone. Great last podcast, and thanks so much for posting the side trip of your panel with Sylvester McCoy. Loved every minute of it. Loved all the stories as well. I'll wrap it up here. I'm looking forward to what other goodies and interviews you have planned for this episode. Holly from Wisconsin. Thank you, Holly. Thank you, Holly. Thanks, Holly. We hope we've got goodies for you, too. (laughs) Next up is Brittany. Yes. Brittany writes, envious. Brittany is envious. Hello. Just wanted to send a quick message to say that I really enjoyed your recap of Planet Comic Con and and the panel with Sylvester McCoy. I am still quite envious about your weekend, but I had fun looking through the photos and the tweets. I have to say, I listen to plenty of podcasts that have interviews, panels, and bumpers, but I get truly excited and proud, if that's the right word, when it's you guys doing them. I'm going to guess because, with other podcasts, I'm just a listener. With you guys, you're my friends. Okay, enough of that. Time to wrap up this feedback. Can't wait to hear the interviews and all the other goodies you have planned. Brittany. Thanks, Brittany. Thank you, Brittany. And last but not least is Chrissy. Because he writes, no one can con anyway. <laughs> Dear, what I can do again. Dear Vortex Boys, after your giggle fit over can't con, I had to look it up and see if it was actually a real thing or that you were just that punchy. Sure enough, <laughs> there, there it was. was. <laughs> and if you look in the what is can't con section, you weren't too far off with your theory of how can't con started, being that someone couldn't make it to a convention and they just made up their own for people who can't con. Which is actually quite clever. And she included their link, which I will include in this week's show, because I didn't last week. Um, For I think you, you saw that, didn't you? On the yeah, you went yeah. there, and, and kind of, that's where you... I clarified it later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to answer your questions... But we all that, some, still might have been laughing. Oh, I'm sure too. we were. To answer your questions about Salt Lake Comic Con and Fan X, apparently it's that the inaugural Comic Con was so huge and such a big success, and I can attest to this, they decided to create Fan Experience as a subcon slash semi-annual event and actually use the entire convention center. They also had a pre-convention Fan X event in January with George Takei, and I had to mi- or that I had to miss because of work. Sad day. Aww. But I hear it went well. So Fan X is in April and Salt Lake Comic Con is in the fall, probably September. And just to go off track a minute for a minute. I also found out that Salt Lake City is going to be getting a huge brand new convention center slash hotel. We don't actually have one of those at this date, and they've been trying to get one out here for a long time, and the success of Salt Lake Comic Con actually spurred that on. So as big as Salt Lake Comic Con was last year, they'll be able to expand it in the future. That's wow. exciting. Wow. <laughs> That's very, very, That's very cool. I can't believe there's not a, one of those in Utah. I am I'm a little That's surprised, a, too. Seems strange to me. Hmm. I just assumed every state had a. Here's, well, especially here's where we go to do stuff. I, I assume Salt Lake's the biggest city in Utah yeah. too, so you would yeah. think. So, well, kudos, great. Uh, it's been a wild weekend for me. I saw Divergent in the theaters, and I'm still blown away about how good it was. Everyone, go see it. 
And I know you've got lots of surprises to get to, so I'll wrap it up here and let you guys continue with the podcast. Chrissy. I hope we didn't imply that we had surprises, like they were treats. I mean, they did. Well, they are, because oh, they we don't do know have they are. are. Yeah, well, what they, well we, we, <laughs> we, teased we, it. Talk, we talked yeah. about what we were going to do last week. But, um, yeah, they Surprises. Well, I have one more piece of feedback that just came in from Keith. Oh. <laughs> it says, test. Test. Yeah. I was testing. Thanks, Keith. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, last week at Planet Comic Con, we did get a chance to talk to a uh, couple of, well, a few people um, who are actually have turned their fandom of Doctor Who, their, their, their you know, fandom uh, of Doctor Who into something... Uh, more, more, yeah. Some, something substantial that uh, that it really is entertaining the others. Um, first will be the Collins family, and uh, they just no a little relation. bit about them. No, not <laughs> just a little bit about them. They More's the built, pity. They built a red Dalek, for, a Dalek from scratch, and he's called Red Dalek. And you can find him on Facebook, and we'll have links to their page. Um, but essentially, it's this really terrific Dalek that's been at the, con- the conventions the last few years. He was at the, they were at the fiftieth, correct? They were at the fiftieth uh, yes, yes. in Kansas City when they when they did their little event, and they were a great joy to talk to and a lot of fun. And it's a family project, and I'll let them tell a little bit more. The next interview following that will be with a gentleman, a puppeteer named Mike Horner, and he is in charge of the Timey Wimey Puppet Show, and it's quite fascinating how uh, he got that started, and we'll let him explain that as well. So, without further ado. Here they are. I'm Eric Collins. I'm Alec Collins. I'm Cameron Collins. I'm Holly Collins. And we brought a red Dalek here to the Comic-Con. We like to travel around with him because we put a lot of work into him when we made him for a Cub Scout costume contest, and everybody loves him. So so who's the Doctor Who fan, and why a Dalek? Well, me, my dad, and my brother here. Um, we're all Doctor Who fans, except for my mom. <laughs> She's iffy on it. Yeah. And we decided he wanted to do a Dalek for that the, his final year of Cub Scouts, because he wanted to win the contest that, that year. And uh, the first episode of Doctor Who he watched was the, the uh, with the Tenth Doctor, or no, the Ninth Doctor, I'm sorry, and the, the first time you see the Daleks with them. I believe it's just called Dalek. And he cried when the Dalek killed himself. The little guy there. It very, yeah. So we, it all stuck with us, and we were all very happy that he wanted to do a Dalek and all that. He's a much bigger boy now. He wouldn't cry at that now. <laughs> yeah. So what goes into building a Dalek? Now, you guys, you, you told me a little bit that you had gotten online and kind of researched a little bit, but your guys' direction kind of changed a little bit. Right. Um, the online plans are great. Uh, they, they are from a, da- a Dalek Builders Club in uh, the UK. You can find them for free there uh, for the 2005 version is what we, we went with here. Um, that helped us get the scale. Unfortunately, theirs is for prop quality or better and was going to be very expensive, for a, especially for a costume contest for the Cub Scouts. <laughs> so we wanted to try and keep it down. Um, Originally, we were going to give up. My my father came in, who is a Doctor Who fan himself. Uh, Dennis Collins is his name. We'll put his name out there, too. <laughs> he drove in from Colorado Springs to make sure his grandson could get a Dalek for, for the costume contest. And he helped us build one using scrap materials from uh, uh, pallets, uh, old Weber grill for the dome, uh, 
old flashlight and Slurpee cup for the back of the, the eye. Uh, old Tupperware. Uh, we did use the new, new plunger. Didn't want to go used on that one. Uh, lamp parts, uh, foam board, uh, and old, old wheels from a trash can even that we, we had and weren't using anymore. Uh, we kept it down to about $120 for the build. So how's that work? Are you sitting around thinking what would work for this, or are you going through everyday life going, oh, this would make a great dome, this would make a great this or that? Well, we, we had about a month and a half to build at this point. So as you're going through your everyday life, you go, hey, that looks like the dome, <laughs> which was something my neighbor threw out. We were trying to figure out how we were going to do the dome. Our original thought was maybe some type of paper mache. Uh, neighbor threw out that Weber grill. It was out there at the, at the curb. I uh, grabbed it up, measured it, and it was almost perfect. We just had to trim back the, the sides a little bit and get the handles off. <laughs> and it was great on there. Saved us a bunch of time. Now, I understand you took credit for the Slurpee lid, right? So you came up with that, or, or at least you were the inspiration for the Slurpee lid, right? Yeah. I, actually, I just gave my dad... I just gave my dad my Slurpee cup lid because I wanted to actually eat the Slurpee. And he said, hey, this would make a great back of the Dalek eye. So I put it on and it was just right. So this is a bit of a collaborative uh, uh, project for you guys, your dad and then, of course, everybody here. Um, Dalek's got to have a voice, and I understand you're the one that does that. What goes into doing that? Uh, Actually, the voice is pretty complicated. It, uh, it isn't terribly easy to do, and it hurts uh, definitely if you, when you're doing it for a long period of time, like the Comic-Con. Um, and then there's different ones that you can do, because you've got, like, the deep Dalek supreme voice, and then you got the just regular Dalek drawing voice, which I do <laughs> most of the time. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, basically, it's basically just screeches. <laughs> give, me a, give me a Dalek. The, the Exterminate! You gotta you gotta yell everything oh, too. So, of course, now you have a little help from a, 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 a device, an electronic device, a little bit. Kind of changes your voice a little bit. No. Well, it's mostly a microphone actually, uh, a and microphone. it is a tinny microphone, so it gives a, a little bit of a robotic tone to my voice. But we don't actually have it today, so I'm just screaming out there. But it probably uh, it helps amplify your voice as well a little bit, yeah. which I'm sure is... Now, I'm going to ask you real quick, how much are you involved in this, and how much time does it take away from other things that you want going on around the house? Um, well, uh, we are all, like I say, we're all a part of it, and we all put our good share of time into it. Um, it doesn't really take away. I was just happy to see them out of my way so I can get things done. I'm glad to see them out doing something rather than sitting around the house watching TV or playing video games. That's exactly because, I mean, that, that, that might be what a typical family is doing. But you guys have one big project that you can all get involved in, and so that's really kind of cool. Do you guys have any advice for anybody that's wanting to start from core up to build a Dalek themselves? Do you have any advice that you can give to them? Well, of course... You don't have to do it all by yourself on there. Plenty of resources online. He's even We've even set up a Facebook page for the Dalek. He's Red Dalek on Facebook. And you can actually see the build pictures in, a, in an album on the, on the uh, Facebook page and see what we went through. Each day we took at least one picture to show the progress we were making on the frame and then eventually fr- framing it out and uh, getting it all put together at the end. Uh, it seemed like uh, that first month, we weren't getting very far, <laughs> so, 
but it, it all worked out and it paid off great. The hardest piece that to get about this were the styrofoam balls. Because spray paint would just, you know, yeah, the, we melt wanted, the balls. Yeah, the reason he's a red Dalek, a red and black Dalek, is because the gold paint was eating the foam and foam board. <laughs> so he had a lot of rework after we tried to paint and uh, damaged damaged a lot of things. So that's why he went red. We, we thought about going the, the kind of all black. like in, That's also for the 2005 deal. Doesn't photograph as well. This, this photographs really nicely. Well, you all did a great job, and thank you very much for uh, taking some time to talk to us, okay? Very much. Thank you very much. Great. Our pleasure. Thank you. I'm Mike Horner. I'm the creator of the Timey Wimey Puppet Show, which is a, uh, a Doctor Who-themed, family-friendly, Punch and Judy-type puppet show on YouTube and live at conventions. What got you started on this project? What brought you to Doctor Who Puppets? Well, my, I'm a full-time puppeteer. I work with a puppet theater in, here in Kansas City. And um, a friend of mine got me into Doctor Who, and he said, let's go to the Doctor Who convention, Gallifrey One. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool to do a Doctor Who puppet show to take it to the convention? And so I started making, I was going to do the first, the first Dalek story with the first Doctor. And I was going to do it in like, you know, condense it to like 20 minutes. I started making the puppets, and I was like, this is too many puppets. Why don't I make... You know, first Doctor and the current Doctor, which at the time was Eleven. So I made those two and didn't get anything else finished. And I went to Gallifrey One and um, just walked around with the puppets and uh, started making some YouTube videos. And so I'm putting those on YouTube. And then a friend of mine runs um, puppetry programming at Dragon Con. And he said, hey, Mike, love the videos. Can you do a live show? I said, okay, Sure. So I put together a 40-minute live show and debuted it at Dragon Con, and I performed it this year at Gallifrey One and now Planet Comic Con and taking it to British Fest in Omaha in June. Um, well, yeah, I think I saw you last year at Gallifrey. Not, th- not this one, but the last year, but I just saw you walking around. Yeah, that's all I did. And then Sean, one of my co-hosts, saw you this year. Oh, yes, yes. And he said, oh, he's got a show now. He did a show now. And so I was ec- ec- ecstatic about that. How did the Gallifrey one come around other than you had just been there, and then this year you're on the stage? Um, basically, I, after Dragon Con, and had you know, standing room only there, I said, okay, I've got something here. So I wrote to Sean Lyon, who runs uh, Gallifrey One, and I said, hey, I've got this family-friendly puppet show, and, and uh, you know, it would be a great thing for, for families and you know, all ages at Gallifrey One, because you know, otherwise... You know, I saw there's lots of families there, people with kids, but there's not, nothing really for kids. You know, they can sit in on a panel with someone who played a Cyberman in 1972. And, and, maybe, that, and maybe not know who that even maybe, is. Yeah, not even know what a Cyberman is, So, let alone the actor. So um, so I proposed it that way, really saying, hey, it's something for a whole fa- the whole family can enjoy. And you, know, you can program it during the day. And, and he wrote back and said, oh, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Let's, let's do it. And we did, and it was a big success. So, What goes into putting your show together? Now, you've been doing it on YouTube, so you probably have some time to kind of stage shows, but how do you do an actual stage show? How do you put together the material? Um, yeah, well, since I've, I've got... I pulled some of, the, um, some of the bits from the videos, and I thought, okay, which ones would work well maybe on, you know, as a live show? And... Uh, in which, and I also thought, what, 
which things could be interactive, uh, get some audience participation, since I've got this TARDIS puppet stage that I can walk around in. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I just, as far as how to figure that out, I don't know. I just thought, okay, what, what might be funny? Um, and I actually tested it on, premiered it for the Kansas City Time Lord Society for one of their meetings. Um, about a month before Dragon Con, I said, I really need to test this out. And so I uh, asked them, hey, can I come to the meeting and show you some stuff? And they said, sure. And so I did. And kind of learned what kind of worked and what kind of didn't. And, and that was the start. And, yeah. Clearly you're a fan of the show. Because I, as a longtime fan myself, I watched today and was just amazed at the just the little things that you have to have been a fan of the show for a long time to pick up on. But there's also enough new to involve people that have just come to the show recently. Well, yeah, and that's, and that's where I've been... That's kind of where I realized when I started off wanting to do a First Doctor episode as a puppet show, I, I also realized not enough people would be interested in that. Um, just that. So that's kind of why when I finished the First Doctor, I thought, okay, I've got to make this, the current Doctor. And so I think, I, yeah, I definitely always wanted to keep it a, a combination of the new and the old. Um, because I've got some really obscure things in there. I mean, chair with a panda on it which I, I was so tickled by when I heard it. And not too many, you know, a few people know what that is. And even more obscure, maybe, is the, the song from the Last Chance Saloon, the Gunslingers Mar um, um, uh, Hartnell episode, which I thought, oh, such an absurd song that they just pounded that into your head on that episode or that story. And so I included it in the show, had a friend record the, play it on piano for me. And... It gets a couple chuckles for the few people that know what the heck that it, it is. I was chuckling. In fact, I loved that part of it. And when you had done the uh, pan in the chair, it got such a warm reception. Everybody laughed at it. And I thought, oh, look, there's a lot of people are, that are going to get these little pieces. That one didn't seem to go off as well, but I think it's because it's a less familiar episode. It's a less familiar episode, and it's not, it's not known as a good episode to have people watch. Even um, uh, the actor who played the... Uh, companion. Oh, Peter Purvis? Peter Purvis. I saw him at Gallifrey year before this past year, and he just said was talked about how awful it was to sing that song and how embarrassing it was. So, but I, I don't know. I, I like to latch on to those really weird, obscure things and just toss it in there, not make a big deal out of it. Just throw it in there, and you know, it'll, it'll hit a few people. I, I would assume that like a show like Gallifrey, where it's all Doctor Who fans, it's going to go off better than some place like Planet Comic Con, where you've got such a vast array of different fans. It's, it's interesting. When I did it at Dragon Con, um, yeah, comparing Dragon Con and then doing the same show at Gallifrey, you know, some of the bits got a much better response at, at Dragon Con. And um, I'm not sure why. Maybe because it's, it's, it's a, such a... I mean, there's 55,000 people that go to Dragon Con, so it's a big... a lot of different fan bases coming together. And I had several people say they weren't, didn't, weren't really Doctor Who fans didn't really know Doctor Who, but they came and watched my show at, at Dragon Con and said they really liked it. So, I don't know what the difference there was. Um, but yeah, it was interesting how some bits fell flat with, with the, the Doctor Who fans and the more general audience. I don't know. Well, you've got the benefit of that song being very bouncy, too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, when my friend recorded it and 
and uh, sent me the sent me the the MP3. I just listened to it over and over and over. It was so much fun. Um, what uh, you, you obviously said you've been doing puppeteering for years, but what goes into making puppets, especially ones uh, along the lines of Doctor Who? Well, it always starts with a sketch. I mean, of course, there's all sorts of reference material out there, but um, my same friend that got me into Doctor Who, I drew a uh, cartoon of. Uh, of all 11 doctors, when there were just 11, um, you know, did it, colored it in Photoshop and put it together and printed it out and framed it and gave it to him. Um, when I started to build the puppets, I started using that as kind of my template for the caricatures or for the, the, the simplifying of the characters. Because that's what you do with a puppet. Um, it's, it's caricature. So you take the essence of, of the characters and the costumes and try to simplify it because you don't need a puppet doesn't need a lot of detail. It just needs the basic things. I mean, I mean, Tom Baker for instance, existed. For example, you know, you, you need the scarf, big smile with big teeth and a curly hair and a honker of a nose. Um, jelly babies don't hurt either. Jelly babies don't hurt. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's sort of it's sort of building a puppet. You start with distilling the essence of who the character is and and um, just putting those elements in, not trying to put too much in. Like I went a little overboard on the, on the uh, I feel on the silence. You know, I, I sculpted all this detail and and then realized, well, I could have just painted that. I didn't need to, I didn't need to sculpt it because no one's going to know the difference that it's. Well, I think that's sculpted. it, and it, the, the science comes across really well on the stage, and I like the fact that he's got the segmented mouth as well. Well, I wanted, to, yeah, I wanted to do the the whole you know stretching opening mouth thing too, but the pattern I kind of had going with the style of puppet was that they all had kind of hard heads. So I didn't want to suddenly do a fabric or a rubber head on him. So I just did, okay, I'll just do this silly flip, you know, flip top kind of head to, uh, to get that effect. Well, the show's great. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think you, you had a great reception here at Planet Comic Con. Oh, yeah, um, you touched on a little bit, but again, tell me what's next for you. Um, coming up next, I'll be performing the live show at British Fest in Omaha. And so that's in June, correct? That's in June, at the end of June. And otherwise, I'm going to keep making videos on YouTube. Eventually, hopefully, make all the doctors. It'll take a while, but I'll get to it. Do you have an address you want to put out that people can reach you on YouTube or see your material oh, yes. on YouTube? Uh, uh, YouTube.com slash, I think, Timey Wimey Puppet Show. Okay. If you search Timey Wimey Puppet Show on YouTube, you'll find it. It'll us. come up. Very good. Uh, all right, well, very good. Awesome. Nice job, and thank you. It's a pleasure to talk Thanks. to you. Thanks Thank so you. Much. All right, and again, thanks to uh, the Collins family and Mike Warner for uh, sharing uh, some information with us and talking a little bit about what they do. Definitely go up. check them out online. Yeah, absolutely. Or at a con near you. Yeah. Yes. Well, it's coming up next on the schedule. Well, next week on the schedule for Friday Night Who, we have uh, parts four through six of The Mutants. Finishing up the uh, John Pertwee story. Which I should say, I plan to go out and buy the DVD. Because <laughs> so you're not on Hulu Plus. Hulu Plus was not an enjoyable experience. I'm fine watching Doctor Who on Hulu Plus. I don't mind commercial breaks in it. It's it's quite all right. I, I, I'm absolutely fine with that because that's why they have content on Hulu Plus for me. However, when you're trying to do it with Friday Night <laughs> I ended up being like four and a half to five minutes behind you guys and finished up after you guys were done yeah. because Caitlin and I were waiting for commercial breaks in. So they were quite annoying for Friday night news. So that's it's it's not good to do for that. So um but I did I did make it I'm back I back for Who and, and then I What did Caitlin I, think? She she's enjoyed it so far. Yeah, well <laughs> I want to tip our hand here, but uh I have never seen this 
entirety. I've seen clips, but I've never seen this in entirety. And I think we're all in that same boat. Yeah, I've never seen this at all. Quite, quite, quite silent too on uh, Twitter because a lot of people were. Yeah. But she, it, she watched and she watched and she watched. She didn't fall asleep. She's and she very attentive to it. And then when it got to the into the third part, she goes, "Huh? Wait, what?" <laughs> and I said, "Yeah, we got to wait till next week." And she goes, "Ah." Oh, and it really started getting good. <laughs> so I'm excited now to watch next week. We commented it felt That's a little the, weird breaking there. Like, still, I was ready to go on. still weird, no matter how many times you do I loved that because now it feels like that true. Ooh, i got to wait for a full <laughs> week know, to find out what happens on Doctor Who. I'm not Who. used to my Who that way. <laughs> got to get that jazz back. So um, we'll be doing that for Friday Night Who on the 28th. Well, the 29th, whatever we want. And then... Um, our show next week uh, is uh, our reviews of the mutants and ebook three, the Spear of Destiny. So if you haven't started reading it, you've got a week. You might want to start. Uh, not that it's that long, but uh, it'll be our third Doctor celebration for the month of March, and we're yes. kind of squeaking in at the end of the month with and Planet Comic Con again without tipping my hand. <laughs> if you haven't read it, I think you'll be quite pleased. Oh, good. <laughs> so if that's two, encouraging, two chapters to, if in, that's, I'm pleased with If it, that so. spurs you on to get you started sooner or, or not drag your feet on it, finally, we, <laughs> finally a third doctor that uh, this will, batch I, of 50th I, I anniversary <laughs> things, finally. <laughs> I will start reading it at work on my lunch breaks this week. Oh, so. good, good. Uh, the following week, uh, we start, uh, or we will watch uh, The War Machines with William Hartnell. Which was just added to Hulu Plus. Well, fortunate oh, for you. Yeah. No, unfortunate no. for me, because I'm not going to do that on Friday night. Um, well, is that on Amazon Prime streaming? Do we know? I don't know. You'd have to look that up. I'm lucky now. I buy all my DVDs. So I, just, <laughs> I can't deal but you with, have a Prime account. Right? I can't deal with streaming. Yeah. I must own a physical copy of something. Well, I'm just thinking ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Um, so we'll do the War Machines for Friday Night Who on uh, April 4th or the 5th, depending on how you want to look at it. And then our review that week will be The War Machines and uh, Paul McGann, Big Finish number 80, Time Works. So we'll do those two together. You've apparently listened no, to that I one? I am not, but I'm ready for it. You're just ready. I'm ready for it. I'm excited. I, 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 I'm still Ever since my doctor, I'm still jazzed. And, and I had intended to go a lot further along, but I, I, I started looking ahead and realizing that we're... We're coming close to getting into where we shot off into the Eighth Doctor Adventures. So, oh, are we? Yeah, we're we're a lot closer Ooh. than I thought. We we still got a, a, we still a, still a, a, a good still amount. ways to go. It'll, it'll probably take us the best part of the year, yeah, maybe maybe the full year. Still knowing, but just it could be yeah, a year just knowing away. that it's close. Looking ahead, yeah. it's a lot closer than it seemed you know a year half a year ago. So, when we started doing yeah. Big Finish. And I, 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 I so want to jump ahead, but then I think, no, I, I want to do it opposite the way you did. I want to go through McGann's line from beginning to end as, as I haven't done with anything else. <laughs> Although his own line takes place before the main line, doesn't it? No. No, the no, Doctor after. Adventures. It is, okay. It's, it's now, actually we'll, we'll set hit kind of a couple, right in the middle. Yeah, we'll hit a couple there, too, with Mary Shelley and Elijah take his way back okay. and forth. Maybe that's, those but, are the ones I was thinking but, of. We're listening to them linear as, as he did them. As he so did them. Well, yeah, and as they were released. Right. And then uh, the following week is our fourth Doctor celebration. We'll be doing Image of the Fendal with Tom Baker and uh, uh, Louise Jameson for Friday Night Who. And then reviewing Image of the Fendal and ebook number four, The Roots of Evil. Do you have Image? 
Yes, I do. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I, I, I have it, so if we have, to, think if we have to come to your place to watch, we can do that. If you don't have it, we can. We, we have it. So. Either way. I know, I, one of us owns it. Yes. Okay. Uh, so there's that, and then uh, I think I've got up on the on the on the website up through now. But uh, then you might want to be thinking about picking up Torchwood Miracle Day if you haven't, because that'll be creeping in right after or that. Or picking so. in on Netflix, as it or is picking there. in on Netflix, as it is shown up on Netflix. Also Amazon Prime. Also Amazon right. Prime. <laughs> <laughs> and then some really fun stuff, but I'm going to wait to get a little closer before we spring that on you. Just but in the, case. <laughs> yeah. You never know. I keep waiting for that Easter announcement that we found more, so who, who knows? But um, We so still haven't that. got Web or Enemy on there, though, yet. Uh, Web is actually going to be at the end of April. Oh. I have it slated for that because that's when the DVD release comes that's out. Right. So. That's right. Okay, good. Terrific. Even though it'll be the Plain Jane DVD release with those <laughs> special features. Vanilla. Vanilla release. What's up with that? Uh, well, I may not end up buying that since I have, uh, <laughs> I have it already, so. All right. Uh, well, I guess if that's going to do it for this week, until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.